Hi guys, so welcome to the first episode of the Being Blunt podcast. The name might be a work in progress, but we're definitely <laughs> gonna be blunt. And this is just uh, the brainchild of three of us just sitting together and not having much to do. So we we just decided that you know we've been having some real conversations about life. So let's just record it and put it out. If for nothing else, but just as a memoir for the three of us. So I'm Devansh. Uh, this is Akshay, and we have. Joining in from London, Mr. Shorya Puri. Hey everyone, and, okay. um, uh, guys. <laughs> this is the point where we all say hi, Shorya. Hi, hi everyone. at least we are going to get at least two views on this. One is going to be my mom. One is going to be his mom. I'm not sure if you're going to send it over to your parents because I'm not sure how much we're going to roast you today. Oh yeah, right. Of course, that's but, the, but, it's, but, it's but called being on. blunt. Being blunt for a certain theme and not being blunt on Shorya. So let's yeah, yeah, ignore that. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But but in general, okay, like, uh, you know, for our themes, for for our for our uh, for our theme, let's talk about the theme for our audience. So we are um, um, we are sort of three best friends inclining towards. Uh, we did a lot of brainstorming. We were more focused on talking about. um falling in love with the process of things and um you know things in general be it work relationships mindset lifestyle etc whatever so i think like without further ado we should just dig in a bit like a uh, do a quick introduction of all of us so our guests sort of know who we are and then uh, we can dive on to our uh, theme for today uh, that we are going to talk about which i think is risks right yeah Yeah, yeah. So basically, when just thinking about what sh- should be the first thing we talk about, uh, we just had this inclination of what is it that got us here in the first place in our respective lives. And I mean, the one common thing that definitely emerged was the fact that you know we have taken more risks than most people at our particular age and in our particular situations would. Some of them paid off. Some of them failed horribly. But regardless, wait, wait, Bishar. Let me let's just tell everyone what we actually do first, so they know sure. that okay, sure. yeah. Shorya, do you want to start something? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, so uh, my name is Shorya, and I went to the same school as uh, these two motherfuckers, and uh, um, we uh, we did science, and uh, we I think we all took computer science, and uh, but I came over after school. I came to London uh, for my undergrad, and I finished my undergrad in computer science with AI. and now i'm working um as an analyst at ubs which is a, a bulge bracket investment bank um so yeah i think that's that's me in a nutshell so far and i'm also awfully very active on social media so follow me if you guys want to akshay you want to go next yeah yeah so hi guys i'm akshay and i'm here with devansh who's with me the co-founder of the healthy company and <clears throat> we started back off in 2018 but our uh, startup has really taken off in the past couple of months with us raising our first institutional round and we have really taken up pace here thanks shorya for that crazy mimic but yes that's where we are and that's what going to be the base of this podcast right up yeah you, guys man. so uh, yeah i am devansh uh, again known both of these from school and what you see behind us is just the office of the healthy company and uh, yeah just <coughs> sorry yeah So just just uh, to get some clarity, essentially, all of us went to the same school together. That's uh, when you know we became friends. And post that, I think Shorya moved to London for his undergrad. Uh, the two of us continued to stay here, but in different colleges. 
so we just needed sort of an excuse to you know stay more in touch so we started this project and that's where we are uh with you know the healthy company and yeah there have been some more things along the way right i have tried to prepare for iams and all of that uh but ultimately i mean what we really want to talk about today is i mean how how particularly are you more inclined towards success if you're more inclined towards risk in the contemporary world right and in saying that i don't think any of us intend to uh, sort of portray that we have achieved any amount of success i don't think any of us believes that however yeah. what we definitely want uh, to put out is sort of the mindset that has allowed us to achieve whatever little that we have and that is what we're trying to communicate and that's that's why we are starting so i think shorter do you have any opening thoughts on the concept of risk and how it's commonly looked at etc oh i think uh, i think in general when i speak to people when when i when you know i think first of all i think uh, the problem with a lot of people is like when you talk to them you know they see uh, they see your little success and then uh, they want that little success and then they come up to you as if like you know uh, i want to do the exact same thing that you did i think first yeah. of all every life story is different so every person should kind of understand that your life journey will be completely different to mine uh, because uh, everyone comes up with like different situations so you have to end up taking like different risks but uh, risk in general i think is uh, like depends what sort of risk we're talking about here right like there, like uh, there's a risk of life there's there's the risk of uh, making a decision in terms of you know i want to buy this particular bread or like any like simple decisions in life every decision is a risk making decision at the end of the day you know um, so i think i think um, yeah i think my idea in terms of like risk from here would kind of be like um allowing people to sort of understand and being able to differentiate what are the risks that uh, would actually define their pathway instead of the kind of risks that would you know not really define anything like they have nothing to lose by taking that risk um so at the end of the day, i think it just depends on the risk tolerance of every person to be fair so i think that's something that we need to kind of we should we should take a bit deep on what do you think definitely i mean so one thing that you really touched upon there is sort of the cost associated with any risk right so the way i would define risk is if you have something to lose point blank that that is the definition mm-hmm. of risk if you do not have anything to lose you aren't risking anything and in that i mean i think i differ from shore on the view that i think uh shore comes in more from you know we should analyze and calculate a lot of risks and everything and some are stupid some are great and having more of an analytical mindset i am very emotionally driven in the sense i have only one key objective that is do not die essentially right so as long as i can take a risk and the cost does not involve death i am fine to some extent with that right and yeah. we are even you know we are hardwired to avoid risk right yeah and actually yeah. was something that was the exact motivation when we all went rock climbing and the risk associated was literally not I saw dying that I saw the pictures that this risk was not dying and one moment this fucker took off the rope poles and went rock climbing and i was literally shook by that this is not happening this is a risk yeah this is a line i'm not on across ever no way so wait, 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 wait so i saw the pictures for the the rock climbing pictures yeah, yeah. i actually wanted to ask you this what 
act what was going on cuz i know the only uh, good thing in faridabad to be very honest man <laughs> well i think uh, so i know that uh, uh, you know you both are scared of a few things uh, akshay especially i know has a has a couple fears when it comes to akshay is actually yeah. very adventurous uh, but yeah. there's a side too which is also scared very, of a lot of things yeah so actually what are both of you first thing yeah i mean i'll ask both of you actually uh, what was going through your mind when like right before you were climbing that uh, rock or mountain or whatever you were climbing each one of you i think the scariest part was driving up to that place because the roads were very 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 messed up we uh, to this uh, good guy picked up his post to drive on a road which is not even 1 meter apart <laughs> and you're driving through villages you're driving through uphill downhill rocks and we're actually scared up until that point where we reach the rocks to climb and we were mm-hmm. actually thinking we might as well just sit on back but that was a whole adventure we needed throughout the day the driving through <laughs> that amazing <Yeah>. rocks <laughs> just to add on to that and but to be specific a, just 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 adding to that a little bit sorry i think uh, just sitting in a car with divanch is also a very risky decision by the way yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially Last especially when he's when he's down a couple old monks Yeah, fake news, guys. Old, old monk. Monks. By the way, old monk is a very popular whiskey for those of who. Uh, those it's a beverage. It's a beverage. We a, do not drink yeah, and drive. We yeah, right. Crimes under the law. <laughs> Either three of us. Okay. <laughs> you guys should see Shorey on an old monk. Uh, you won't ever recognize him. Just straight <laughs> face. Shorey on a santra. Ah, uh, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, what do you call? He did twenty push-ups in a McDonald's yeah. with on old monk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, the, yeah, last, yeah. the specific yeah. thing that Shara, you were asking, right? What was going on in your head, right? For me, it's very clear what was going on. Ah, uh, so what happens is you go there, right? They make you do some drills, and then you go for a climb. Before which, one of the instructors shows you a climb. So that guy literally just starts climbing, and he makes it look effortless. But you know it's not, right? This guy's been doing it for years. One of them was. the national climber of india right one of the instructors there and for me it was a very personal experience in the sense that uh, as you guys know i've always been a very fat kid right i was a 130 not a, kid oh, not a lot of people know this by the way yeah okay yeah so But, yeah. just to give you some context i'll add a i'll add a picture of him somewhere over here on the video uh, later okay. of him of his okay, guys yeah, now now that you've seen it so for some context i was 130 kilos at one point right as as a child i was never physically gifted and to some extent i was even physically handicapped in that sense right even simple things like climbing a tree or climbing over a wall was something that i'd never do and even if i do i'd miserably fail so what that does to you is that sort of gives you an internal messaging that you know so anything that is physically challenging is not your cup of tea is not yeah. something that you can do that is that is typically the messaging and the story you keep on telling yourself which keeps on getting reinforced so yeah. for me that first climb right so after that we did four climbs in total but that first climb was more than a physical challenge it became a mental challenge that i had to break that i can do this in the first place right and yeah. that that was the risk i also i took right so there were two levels of risk obviously one is the risk of injury physical damage but the larger mm-hmm. risk that i took was if i did it and i failed again would i just reiterate my same story that i keep on telling myself that you know i cannot do anything physically but but mm-hmm. that is but that's the payoff of risk right so risk there is loss but the payoff is often a lot larger than the loss 
so because i was able to do that first climb that motivated me for the next three climbs and once i was able to get the mental block it out of my head the the mental risk i had won the risk game mentally right then the mm. physical the physical challenge did not seem like a challenge at all so i think that is that is also one of the key things associated with risk that typically what happens is physically in the contemporary world that we live there aren't a lot of physical risk associated right there isn't a lion coming to eat you like our ancestors right the uh, you know let's say 10000 years back so there isn't a lion coming to eat you or are there aren't other people hunting you so all of the risks associated are more mental in nature these are just mental mm-hmm. games you play with yourself and yeah. if you, if and if you win those that is the payoff of risk that you tell yourself a better story about yourself and that in itself is priceless yeah true well, true that sounds yeah that's that's actually very true i mean i think um, yeah i mean i i could really relate when you said uh, you know that uh, you used to you used to feel like you know you can't do all of these things when uh, when you are uh, when we used to be fat cuz i i used to be the same place as where you were and now suddenly you can do all of these things like um, like i i really want to do skydiving and i was actually going to do skydive i i was going to go uh, go skydiving this uh, this birthday in october uh, but i couldn't because of covid uh, but i will i know this that i i will do it even though i know that when i'll be like over there uh, about to climb i will be like shit scared but that's something that i have signed up for myself i mentally prepared myself that you know what See, this is mindset no yeah ultimately you are preparing yeah. your mind not your physical exactly. sense no yeah exactly because exactly. same thing because i was actually very scared no so where in you talking about he doing rock climbing and he has lost weight there's a risk associated but the thing here is i have put on weight so my point was ki anyway mindset wise i was pretty <laughs> far set only ki i put on weight i'll do maximum one climb but to be very honest when i saw the instructor and even if any climb was done before uh, before me by devansh na it was actually easy for me to conquer that climb because i could relate ki if these guys can do it even if i put on some weight i could do it as well matlab i could easily do two two and a half climbs half climb is basically i fell down a little bit too quickly but that was a good mental achievement for me as well because i know the next time i'm going i'm at least doing three four climbs there and yeah. you know just to add on to his experience i'll just tell you one small observation like mentally right mentally the story he was telling himself was obviously i've gained weight maybe i'm not as fit as i used to yeah. be and that was the story he was telling himself so i will not be able to do so even when we got the harnesses right the freaking calipers and the belts that you wear where the safety rope is essentially tied in yeah. at that point his mind started playing these games wherein his first thought was yeah i won't be able to fit in the harness i won't be able to fit in the shoes yeah. this is too tight for me this is to the point the belt is not going above sort of you know uh, <laughs> my waist bone which yeah. is where it's supposed to go so that that's the first point his mind started playing those games with him it went on eventually right there was no physical challenge but the mental story that he told himself and which is why you know just before going there he had already had a small victory in the sense that yes the harness was definitely fitting him it was a very very small victory but then he saw the instructor do it then he saw me do it right and then that is what motivated him and he did that climb in the first yeah. trial itself so again it's 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 a lot more about the men- mentality of it it's than the physicality of it literally how you set your environment so, how you set your mind that is it it's nothing physical nothing at all that's actually a very good point to uh, ask you this question 
um you know uh, rock climbing is fine it's a very good example uh, that we were able to you know uh, talk about but just just taking that metaphor into a bit of a reality uh, scenario real scenario real life scenario um so when you guys did your startup you know like rock climbing is fine you know 10 people come in in a day and eight of them are actually able to climb that shit uh, but when you did your startup right it's like so many startups out there and not all of them really end up with a with a fund uh, you know and you basically convinced so for any for anyone like an investor is like a like just a random person you don't know you're not related to so you are convincing a random person to believe in two random people starting a random company with random products or a random idea um which shit loads of money right that's a lot of randomness in one sentence mm. so my my point is like you know when you see like 10 startups coming along and then uh eight of them failing and two of them actually coming coming through what motivated you then like at that time you know you didn't re- really have uh uh two three people climbing the same mountain up uh you could or you there was a higher chance that you you would fail like you were basically seeing people fail then what motivated you at that that point like that you should keep going or you should not stop uh, that you will be a success and how did you treat your mind at that that point of time you want to take this no no i'm going to go next yeah theek hai so i'll basically tell you essentially you know you're very right in that sense that you know now obviously you've raised a vc fund we are venture capital funded whatever whatever now it's it's relatively easier to take those risks day in and day out which we still have to every day it's a new battleground we have to take some of the other risk but now the reason it's easier is because we have other people's validation in that sense mm-hmm. right so ultimately right even biologically think of it even a relationship is a risk the cost of love is loss So even a relationship is a risk because what you're risking is either getting validated or not getting validated by the other person. True. So no, no, no. My question is, my question is pre pre funding. So yeah, it's like exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah. No? Exactly. Before pre funding, there was no validation, right? That was the risk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Makes so sense. So be- yeah. before, yeah. So before VC funding, you know, that is when sort of you know there are there are the real risk reward calculations that you do. and you know the years my two cents on any risk reward calculation right you may find 10 formulas whatever whatever but ultimately right the failure rate of any startup is 99% yeah. right even past the 1% who make it within those 1% 90% of those fail within the next 5 odd years right so if you do the math right if you do any sort of a risk reward calculation no matter what model you apply it's 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 not a very you know uh confidence uh, building proposition however mm-hmm. at that point you know what really motivates you is i mean i just want to do this i want to experiment with this my my really thing in life has been just experimentation right and for me the way i wired myself is okay what is the worst that can happen right if we do this startup if we take the plunge am i going to die no right if it fails right am i going to die no will i have a roof over my head uh, yes right fortunately i i live with my parents right and they have earned a livelihood for themselves right so even even if the worst thing uh, that could possibly happen which is it all going up in flames even if that happens i am still in you know the top 1% of the privileged population around the world if you compare it 
to let's say sub-Saharan Africa or even you know the impoverished regions of India, I am already very, very, very privileged in that mm-hmm. sense, right? So which is why that is that is the sort of analysis that I have that anyone I think should really have when considering any decision that what is the ultimate, let's just take the worst case. If you can live through the worst case, if you're not dying through the worst case, uh, it's it's a good proposition to take, essentially. So that is what went into uh, my personal mindset. I'm not sure about Akshay. No, no, no. Building on to that, so I'd like to share a, one of the personal anecdotes with me. So I'm not sure if you both also know about this. So back in 2019, so this is at least, what, 12 months before we raised our round? Yeah, 12 months before we raised our round. So we had tons of placement companies come into a college, but the, I had zero time, zero time to prepare for any of the company's interviews, be it any of the coding competitive codings or anything. And because all of my time was obviously going into the healthy company, but the challenge I faced there was everyone of my close friends was slowly and steadily starting to get placed in really reputed companies. For example, you both were already either Shaw was placed at UBS, Devansh was there at Goldman Sachs. So I have a couple of friends who are there at Make My Trip, Zomato, Oyo, but I had zero time to prepare for any of these. And the only thing which kept me going forward with the healthy company because I was very close, this close to giving up on both of them, to giving up on the idea of either starting the company with Devansh or giving up the idea on studying for these tests because I had a decent backup in place, but nothing to actually fall back upon. And that's the only thing which kept me going was that at the end of the day, I'm working here with my best friend. I'm managing and running a company, which I love to the bottom of my heart, but I'm not making any money doing so. We were profitable, touch wood, mm-hmm. not making any money doing so. But that was the only thing I'd not just wake up one day with the mindset key. Okay. All right. I'm not going to study for all these tests. I'm just going to prepare for the healthy company, but over time as a natural process, right? As a natural process, I was so much deep into the healthy company. I was so much deep into the process of working at my own company. I had never bothered with these tests. And eventually, 10 months post making that decision, 10 months post that process, we were able to raise that institutional round. We got some validation. And finally, from our you know whole relation, uh, what do you call it, relatives, parents, etc., we got that validation then. But yeah, that was the point key. That was the mindset I had to eventually accumulate over a period of time to not give a fuck about other things in my mind, which mattered actually very less on my priority scale. I think I'll just add one final thought to this that I just realized while Akshay was speaking Hmm. that I just realized, you know, all of this external validation came in at what, like just a couple of months back. Yeah. Right. But even before this, the sort of things that we have given up, right. So again, some context. So I got selected into I am Ahmedabad. Uh, for an MBA program there, right? And again, as he said, he was placed at multiple companies. Akshay was placed at multiple companies and I was placed at uh, Goldman Sachs before this. And the, there, there was a real cost, right? The opportunity cost, essentially, right? The opportunity cost that we are going to give up, that we can do these other things versus doing this. That is the real cost that most people are talking about in our contemporary times when we talk about risk, right? And I think one thing that really resonated on a personal level is the external validation, you know, actually came in a lot later on a priority list because even before all of that, we had still given up all of this, right? I think it was primarily A, it was intrinsic, but B, it was also for me personally, it was also because of the other person, right? I could also see sort of the sacrifice that the other person was also making, right? And that motivated me that yes, you know, why, why not, right? Why, why should we not go all in, right? 
and again see we are only 21 22 23 we are fairly young and again goes ties just back to you know we're not going to die even if it fails so i mean that's that's just the thought process that i personally have. we're not going to die as long as we don't blow off all investors money <laughs> uh, else i am not <laughs> i don't have any idea what's going to go wrong but no yeah. but you, I, you do tell us about ubs yaar i'd love to hear a little bit more about ubs what's gotten motivated into you because i think you after completing engineering you turned a little bit more towards investment banking so how's that like so, okay so so basically you both know me right and uh, i've always been a very confused kid like i i don't know uh, what i really wanted to do i've i've never known this shit and i think even even today i think uh, i think that's just been my mindset throughout i really don't know what to do a lot of people like they come up to me and they're like bro i don't know what to do i was like that's perfect you shouldn't know what to do that's like my way of my way of things for me like like devansh mentioned earlier you know he said uh, you need to analyze you need to see if you are in the position to take that kind of risk right so uh, when i took uh, when i took science i think when i back in school i had no interest in physics okay i had completely no interest in chemistry i only took it solely because i wanted to do computer science and that i think for me was fun um so half of the time i was outside of the class not attending lectures in school and doing co curricular stuff uh, because i think for me what i really liked doing was the hands on stuff that i was doing uh, whilst i was uh, the president of the computer society back in school and i think you know going out for competitions and that uh, sense of victory uh, i i got that sense of victory from going into these competitions because i felt i was recognized over there than in the lecture itself like i thought that i mean it could be just me i mean i'm not saying anything against the indian education system or anything i have nothing against it it's a, it's a pro for some people and it's a con for some people but i think i was i kind of realized it then that the sense of victory that i get uh from doing hands on work uh is more so sort of you know like uh, which is why i like going on to hackathons and stuff because there's a sense of victory at the end of those 24 hour um you know uh, thing that you put in as a hard work but yeah for me like the biggest risk was actually coming over to london after class 12 um cuz that time i think it was 2016 so brexit was happening at that time and it was mm. completely uh, chaotic and my parents were coming up to me and they were like like are you sure everyone is saying why are you sending him to the uk uh, he won't get a job brexit is happening and all that kind of stuff and i was like no look i really want to go there i really want to study i like the curriculum over there i like the way they teach and i really want to go there and um, then my parents were like okay fine and um, it was a big investment right it's a it's a massive investment to send uh, your kid to abroad as an international yeah, student course, yeah. at my uh, part time jobs also right back when you started yeah i did i did yeah so initially when i started off uh, i think in the second term so we have like three terms over here um and term 1 i didn't really do much and then i came back home uh, during like for christmas and new years uh, mm-hmm. but then term 2 i did a bit of a, some part time work uh, for the experience and you know for the cv uh, for the grind um and uh, but then i kind of realized that it was affecting my uh, like uh, school work so then I, i let go of it and then i came back home over the summer and then i didn't really have much to do that like first year summer so i decided that you know what actually i'll i will I'll, i'll still do something so i did like a small pet project uh by myself of like you know uh, creating a virtual maps thing for the university so i was constantly doing something cuz uh, the sense of achievement i think that was kind of 
moving for me so uh, even though like i said i didn't know what to do uh, so i was just taking so i had the biggest risk for me was to come to the uk to study uh, with all that kind of like a monetary baggage in my head that my parents have put on me uh, to study um, and i had to make something off of it that's all i knew so i was constantly doing something or the other to prove my point to myself not to anyone not to my parents not to the whole world just to myself that you know that risk was worth it so that was what's going what was going on for me mentally and then uh, eventually i came into second year and there was this like i really have this thought of i wanted to be financially independent asap right so uh, i did a placement year program and the placement year program is that they like when you come into your second year you start looking for um, a, a year into like a company in a good firm or whatever uh and then you work with them on your third year and then fourth year you come back to study and uh, hopefully if you if you performed well in your company they give you a full time offer so i did a placement year with ubs um looking for a placement year position in second year was a whole new story uh i was apl- i applied i think to like 35 companies um and i interviewed with uh, my first interview was with ibm i got rejected second was with expedia i got rejected third one was with bank of america merrill lynch i got rejected so you know after like three times of getting rejected and this interview is like assessment center so like the final stage so you go through all these stages in like two months with each company and then at the end of the day when you're so close to just getting an offer after that last stage i got i got rejected and that was really putting off uh, by i think the second or third rejection i was like am i was this was my decision you know you start questioning your decisions self doubt was i yeah exactly self doubt and then i think uh, at that point of time um i uh, spoke to you both and um, you sent me like a bunch of videos i think it was gary v yeah, uh, yeah it was gary v what to do after gary graduation v. guys check that out yeah. whoever hasn't watched it gary v what to do after yeah. graduation that is the best uh, shit yes, you can exactly. see exactly so i saw that video and i was like you know what it's not over yet like it's not done yet mm-hmm. so um i had that thought and then luckily i got another interview i got it from ubs and um i was like you know what actually like i am going to go for it like uh this time every time i went into the interview with the stress of you know underperforming self doubting myself this time i went in with the thought of like you know what uh i have already taken the biggest risk of my life and even if i don't get this job who cares i'll do something or the other i'll complete my education i'll reapply again next year or whatever happens you know who cares like who cares what's going to happen and then when i went in with that mindset um i uh, was able to i was able to just be calm you know be myself and the next day i got a call in the morning i remember clearly i was sleeping and i got a call from the recruiter and uh, she told me that i had gotten the place and i was like who's this sorry cuz i was half asleep right and then she was like sorry are you asleep because if you are then i wanted to wake up to hear this properly and then i woke up and everything so then there was like happy days and then i was since then i've been financially independent and everything comes out like all worth it but this is yeah, me yeah. this is this is me and now i completed my placement here at the end of it um i also did a summer analyst at deutsche bank uh for two months and both the companies offered me a full time offer and uh, i chose ubs because their offer was stronger um and uh, now i'm working for financially ubs is stronger 
Yeah, financially and I think benefits-wise also. And in terms of recognition, I think UBS is doing quite good as well compared to Deutsche. No, no, got uh, it, got it. I think there's there's a couple of very interesting things uh, that you said there, right? That I'd like to touch upon. So number okay. one is is the recent one, you know, the Gary V video and whatever. But yeah. when you finally went into UBS with a sense of detachment, ki you know. Yeah. Okay, even if I get in, it's fine. Even if I not, it's fine. It's it's hmm. it's not the end of the world. I am yeah. not going to die. You know You're that's not going to die. You know that's that's yeah. that's that's you know what I like to call like a gaming mindset. It's it's almost <laughs> like a game you're playing, yeah. right? So you know, ninth, tenth, eleventh, we're playing soccer in our colonies, right? Everyone used to play either mm-hmm. football, badminton, mm-hmm. basketball, whatever with your colony friends. What mm-hmm. was our mindset then? Okay, you'll go in. 6 pm to 9 pm you'll play while you're playing yeah. you'll play to win you'll be in the game yeah. but once yeah. 9 pm is over whether you win or whether you lose even if you lose koi nahi yaar tomorrow is a new game we'll come back tomorrow yeah. we'll try and play tomorrow yeah, yeah. that yeah. is essentially yeah. like a game yeah. mindset right that is exactly. very very important to have and that is sort exactly. of similar to also what gary was referring to in that video wherein mm-hmm. he said that you know you guys are fucking young you're 21 22 23 and this is the yeah. point where you have a massive upside with limited yeah. downside because yeah. you're very young you can do anything for the next 5 8 10 years of your life and still be at 30 and still start over from nothing yeah. and you'll still be young right so that yeah. is again yeah. i think what he was going on in that video was this game mindset that you know when you're playing the game play to win whatever game you're playing whether you're going for those hackathons back in 11 12th grade whether you playing the placement game whether we are playing you know the startup game whatever when we are playing yeah. the game we play to the best yeah. of our ability to win but at the yeah. end of the day there is there should be a realization a sense of detachment that okay it is ultimately a game it doesn't define me my worth or my life at the end of yeah. the day i think that is what the realization just yeah. a side note for the just a side note for all the people who are watching this video we'll put a description yeah. down below of the link that uh, devansh is mentioning the gary v video that we watched yeah uh, definitely, definitely look that and for all the people who are watching on spotify or like uh, other podcast streaming services or whatever um, go to our uh, youtube find this video subscribe to us uh don't forget to like <laughs> comment share oh, whatever you want to do and then look at the description i think this line was huge or in front of the video not yeah, in the middle oh, of the video the, oh, no, no, just in the middle just a just a reminder in the middle of the video i'm not even sure if anybody uh, else still looking to hear sorry guys no we aren't youtubers we can't do the like share subscribe comment press the bell it's icon a, Like a, I think I think it's a it's a good of like a breakout a little bit you know in the in the middle because we've been like sure. blabbering about risk and shit and people are listening to it trying to feed it, it in the better hundred bucks there's nobody like left to watch up until you're in the middle I can sure, bet you a hundred sure. bucks right now no obviously obviously but at the end of the video but at the but end yeah, of the video. so uh, regardless right so now coming to my second point which I think again some another thing that I picked up from what you said that I found really interesting it was this thing about I don't know what I want to do. Right, <laughs> I don't know what I want to do, so I'm. I still don't know what I want to do, bro. Exactly my point. Exactly my point. Neither do, right? And I, I really think okay. that you know this, this sort of thing, you know, this sort of concept that's peddled on the internet, which is you know you have to find your true calling, you have to find your true passion, your the thing you are best at, whatever, whatever, right? Many names. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think it's, it's just a bunch of bullshit. right same because okay you have you have to find your passion okay how do i find my passion 
what yeah. is my passion what if i'm passionate about this uh, for you know 3 years then 3 years later i'm not as passionate about this what if i'm passionate about something else 3 years later or what if 20 years later i'm not passionate about this and passionate about something else so did that mean i wasn't passionate ab- enough about this was this not my true calling right so which is why you know what you said that i i really don't know what to do which is i think the honest base state of like every human ever right because it's 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 a matter of okay i don't know what i want to do so let me experiment the problem comes in when people don't want to experiment don't want to experiment right so yeah. experiment more so okay i don't yeah. know what i want to do i'm going to try 10 things i'm going to try this today okay i'm mm. i'm trying it for a month do i like it do i not like it okay i'll try something else do i like it do i not like it right and yeah. experimentation is how you finally get to the thing that okay at some point you feel yeah okay this is something i see myself doing i see myself liking and yeah. here's the thing 3 years later you might not end up liking it as much you might not see yourself doing the same thing day in and day out right mm. and that's that's when that's why you got to constantly keep on experimenting because it's yeah. it's a process of discovering not only the world around you but more importantly a process of discovering yourself that is yeah. really important right which is exactly what you are doing right and which is exactly what you were referring to as to how you approach things wherein i i don't yeah. know what to do so let me try this if it works yeah. out yeah right again let me play this game if i like the game i'm going to continue playing it if two years yeah. later i decide i don't want to play this game i'm going to try some other game right and i think that is that the act of doing those things is passion right passion yeah. is not necessarily a thing or an activity passion is a moment in time wherein you are engrossed in something there is you know people call it flow state ho gaya whatever but you're so engrossed in something you don't feel time pass by that is passion exactly and i think and i think a lot of people you know when when uh, when they are like okay experiment uh, you know do things do everything right yeah. then the next question that people come up with they are like so what if i fail who cares wh- what happens when yeah. you fail nobody realizes this part ki even if you fail you'll have so many learnings to take yeah. with you in the next time you try the best divanch exactly. man Game at the end of the day, you're playing from six to nine. Even if you lose, yeah. you're going to play that game again tomorrow from six to nine. Yeah. But nobody realizes this. Tomorrow, when you're playing this game, you'll be a little bit better at playing the game. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Every time you exactly. win, every time you lose, nobody cares. Yeah. It's winning or losing. You'll be a little bit better at what you're doing. Yeah. And for all those people, I think giving up is basically when people give up on the part, experimenting part. I think exactly. that's what people refer to when they say that we give up. You actually have given up on experimenting with other things. One yeah. or two things failed for them in line, which is actually bad. I hope now this doesn't happen for everyone. But I genuinely have hope this happens for everyone, so that yeah. people realize that you have to have to keep on experimenting. You don't yeah. just have to stop experimenting. Even if one thing succeeds, that's not going to last. That's going to end yeah. soon in one week, one year, five years from now. you have to have the ability to experiment and just move on to the next thing that is it yeah again you know something to... very interesting that i just uh, noticed you know akshay said about failure right mm. and people thinking what if i fail i really believe that internally right we don't care as much as to what will happen if i fail and what will <laughs> i think we really care from the social aspect yeah what will other exactly. that's what i was trying to right? right? public failure the, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Public failure versus private failure are two How very different things. Think about right, yeah. and that is that is the problem. 
and that is the disconnect fundamentally right that creates this sort of irritation that failing yeah. publicly is something that that is very very put up very high in terms of your pedestal on a pedestal in terms of your attention right see yeah. yaar right now i tell you what abhi if i go home let's say i'm not able to tie my shoelace properly i am alone i won't care too much about not yeah. being able to tie my shoelace right yeah. or for example i am giving meditation a try for example if i'm not able to meditate correctly privately i won't care too much about it but mm-hmm. if i'm on a stage and i have to give a speech right and mm-hmm. there if i fail there if i faint there if my, my legs are trembling it will wreck the shit out of me and the reason yeah. is we aren't looking inside ourselves what we are doing is we are looking at and ourselves from the eyes of the other eyes of right the other and yeah. and there there is one level beneath that because intrinsically everyone has to realize nobody has enough time in their life to give too many fucks about you i i, I have seen many people fail in front of me in stages while debating right i don't remember yeah. their name i don't Dude, care about we failed in front of so many people on stage yeah yeah 100% i remember us all three of us doing that short play in deepesh gurgaon and yeah. we were laughed out of the stage because you were yeah. that bad yeah exactly yeah. that's the whole reason i think all three of us joined the drum sock and you joined the dub sock also na yeah debating but yeah. i think it's a good experience just for the fact because i didn't learn my best i learned from my best plays i actually learned from the plays which uh-huh. failed miserably on stage yeah that's the actual learning we're taking home right ki how yeah. public humiliation yeah. even if it's humiliation that's fine any day yeah. as they want mention nobody gives enough fucks about you but they're going to forget yeah, yeah that's yeah. that the the the, the fuck the part is it, it is not even public humiliation the point is you think it is public you humiliation you think it's public humiliation because right. you are imagining what the other person is imagining about you you see yeah. how fucked up that is right you don't yeah. you don't have a window exactly into their head there is two levels of imagination happening and in that you are communicating telling yourself a story oh uh, you know what if i get up on stage what if i shake what if i stutter what if i miss a yeah. word what if i do this but what if you not yeah what if you not people need to think what if i don't stutter what if i don't travel on stage or whatever what if i like and that i think mindset will come like you said like rightly said you know stop thinking about like stop viewing yourself from other people's eyes view yourself from your eyes yourself exactly yeah, like define your victory for me that will change right, right. the yeah so i mean just a small anecdote from debating again you know i was publicly you know very shy had sort mm-hmm. of public speech issues again for me so what i started doing as a personal hack is i defined just the act of getting up on stage as a personal victory for me i don't mm-hmm. care if i speak shit i don't care if i'm silent on stage for the next 30 minutes right yeah. but just the act ki ha today i have come up on stage i define that as a personal victory for me right and yeah. okay and i have i have failed terribly many times right but again it's it's just that subtle realization that no one has enough time or bandwidth in their life to think about you if they have then there is definitely something wrong. that <laughs> yeah introspection that needs them. to happen there rather than yeah. in you right and yeah. i mean again this is i think this is also the sort of the mindset that i have seen in a lot of very very great people uh sort of you know and that's where i've learned it from particularly right not trying to say that you know we are born with a great mindset or anything we've all learned it right y- humans in general are mimetic creatures right so what yeah. that means is we learn through mimesis which is you know looking at others doing a thing and that's how we learn right more than language it's mimesis and we have learned and we have seen you take whether you take elon musk whether you take 
Bill Gates, whether you take even someone like Narendra Modi, regardless of political views, right, or even Kanye West, or even Donald Trump for that matter, right, mm-hmm. you there is that they captivate your imagination because they genuinely don't care what others are thinking, right? Yeah. You may hate Kanye's music, you may hate Trump's or Modi's politics, right, but you still look up to them in the sense because they really don't care what others are thinking. about them they do them right like you do you they do them right yeah. and that is that is the stuff leaders are really made of i think i think uh, yeah i think i think uh, this is sort of like a good point to sort of dig a bit more deeper on you know the the term which is very rightly mentioned in corporates these days uh, even in projects uh, i think startups do this too it's called risk management and uh, you know a bit more of like in what are intelligent risks what are stupid risks like for example if i have like you know if i have a uh, 10 pounds in my pocket and if i'm going out to buy a a 9 pound thing and that that 10 pound thing is the only thing i have for the whole week then uh, it's 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 there's there's a bit of a stupid decision making in terms of taking risks like you can't just mm-hmm. go out there and just take take a risk just because uh oh i saw being blunt and they, the guys asked me to take a risk so i'm taking a risk you know so that shouldn't happen so we should we should, i think i think what do you what do you think about uh, what's your opinion about risk management so like stupid uh, risks versus intelligent risks so kind of differentiating between them how you can manage which category a certain risk is going to go in, go into Um, I don't think anybody thinks that much into while taking a risk. Yeah, I can't demarcate between an intelligent risk or a stupid risk. As long as as you both are clearly iterating, as long as you're not dying, how <laughs> else risks are worth taking? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think I think the, the the specific thing that you know I think even he's pointing to is, see, it's it's very easy to analyze and to tell yourself a story in retrospection. Looking back, it's yeah. very easy. Oh, I took that risk. That worked out. and then i took another risk that also worked out and hence i am here right thank wait, god wait, i didn't think of wait so you know when you look back right you only try to recall because this is human nature right when you think of risks you immediately start thinking of the risks that led to a good thing uh you don't really think about risks that um, that went wrong or maybe you know if you didn't take that risk maybe you could have ended up somewhere else like for example if i didn't take the risk of coming into the uk and i would have stayed in india only uh then i i i, I think for, for me that's a successful risk cuz now i'm at a good place uh that's how i imagine myself right now yeah exactly and, you uh, know if if you've seen even steve jobs uh, the stanford uh, uh graduation speech yes. yeah the, the number one line you know it's it's like you can only connect the dots looking backwards right so for yeah. right now us sitting here it's very easy to say so, you know take more risks because certain risks have really worked out for us right but we yeah. don't know what's the opportunity cost what if this hadn't gone well right maybe mm-hmm. we'd be here telling a different story uh, how do we know right we and that is the problem with sort of risk management that's that's my personal problem with that t- term in the sense that it's it's very difficult for risks of real nature there are business decisions and then there are real risks in business decisions yeah. yes you can do risk management you can do a swot analysis financial analysis market analysis testing experimentation that's where that really works but in the real risks if you really don't know how it's going to end up either way then it's just a matter of conviction and yeah. whether you're willing to bear the cost if the risk goes in the other way whether you're willing to bear that cost if you are willing to bear that cost 
then it becomes a lot easier to sort of go in with the conviction right because if that is yeah. not the case and personally right if that is not the case i think a good choice for a lot of people if you can't bear the cost would be uh, again look towards different things right so it's not a blanket statement that when you see a risky thing and a non risky thing go for the more risky thing this is mm-hmm. the analysis that should be involved that what is the cost of this not working out if i can bear that cost then i think it's a definitely a good framework to sort of start taking more risks i think yeah i think from what what i can what we can all sort of really extract from that is really uh, two metrics i think of for risk management in like real life not from a business point of view is the cost of it uh, you know how it will affect your current uh, position and the position of everyone else around you and mm-hmm. i think the second one is which i think is a bit more uh, compared to cost is the gut feeling like you said uh, you know if your gut tells you that the taking this risk is worth it then go for it because if you really don't then i think you will spend the rest 10 15 20 years of your life thinking well what if i took that risk for instance yeah, if i didn't what if question is going to bother here, everyone else yeah for yeah, instance if i didn't that, come here i would have questioned myself for 20 years wherever i was that that famous study you know, that that yeah. famous study conducted by i think princeton or i think john hopkins wherein they interviewed i think uh, over a thousand people on their deathbed and sort of the, the one key theme that emerged is you know i really don't regret my failures as much but i really cherish the successes right and the, the only regrets that i have is i should have tried more should've i should have more. i should have maybe you know moved across the country i should have proposed to that one girl or one guy or whoever that may be right and i think these yeah. are sort of the, the the conversation that needs to be more uh, embedded in your head wherein you're looking at yourself from that lens of that 60 year old or that 80 year old person and would would you really would you really feel that shit man i should have taken that risk if that is the case that is a very high cost on your future 80 year old self to be in a very pathetic situation of thinking that shit i should have done that if i ever yeah. have such a decision in my life then i go all in then it's not even a conversation not even a conversation right because i i i would re- really be pathetic and i would really be like a fragile human at 80 years old if i am telling myself all of these stories about things i could have done but i just didn't take the plunge right mm-hmm. and i mean seriously matlab that's the whole point if you are actually self doubting anything or second thinking anything just look at look go ahead in time look forward to 60 year old self 80 year old self and don't yeah. give them a chance to be regretful here I believe the yeah. exact line was that I didn't regret the things I did. I regret the things which I did not do. I could not do. Yeah. Just do it for a sixty-year-old or eighty-year-old self. Make them peaceful mm-hmm. enough. Just do whatever you have to to live a peaceful life right now or fifty years in the future. And you know, mm-hmm. I think just adding into it, like just introducing this theme of actually being, in terms of tactical advice, right? Yeah. So I mean, philosophically, obviously, we've had those discussions. We've given our anecdotes. but tactically you should be aware of the reality of the world that you live in we live in a capitalistic world right and this is again a disconnect that we as indians have because in our blood we are actually socialists right we are still socialists from the 1940s and 50s right that is in our blood right and that's what you also see in policies whether and not only policies more importantly culture right i mean we genuinely like there is there is always a sense of envy or a sense of negative emotion when someone else makes money 
that's yeah. uh, still prevalent in you know the generation before us in to some extent in ours but coming back to my point we live in a capitalistic world globally right and mm-hmm. the payoff in capitalism is not skills it's risk right mm-hmm. so it's it's again very again on the internet you know it's peddled like skill skills build your skill make more money etc etc but if you look at the framework skills are very very important but how you leverage those skills is through risk how you leverage those skills is through ownership accountability right that is that that is the payoff in capitalistic market so you know anything from like a career perspective that is how risk makes a lot more sense rather than yeah. you know very famous quote by mark zuckerberg which is often misquoted also but you know the greatest risk is not taking any risk at all right at all. what he really meant yeah. by that not like stupid risk go do this go yeah. jump off a building or anything right what he really meant is in such a dynamic and quickly rapidly changing world right if you aren't taking those small risks day in and day out if you aren't adapting and every adaptation is a risk what if my previous right. version was better than the version i will adapt to that is the risk yeah. you are taking right mm-hmm. so you're taking these risks day in and day out and that is the payoff in a capitalistic world like ours that is how you can yeah. actually have any amount of impact or success whether it's material wealth whether it's social impact whatever it is that you are looking for right uh, that's mm-hmm. that's your personal call to make but in to make any sort of impact that is that is the risk that you need to take right you need to take some amount of risk of failing and mm-hmm. that comes in whether it's through ownership right so ownership is equity whether it's equity of a business or it's through code right code is again another leverage wherein you do something once and you risk and you put it out into into the world or in maybe the media of millions of people right yeah or yeah. maybe media right uh, for example shorter tomorrow you decide to start a uh, you know music channel you make your own music right the the risk you're taking is a the time it's going to go the time and effort apart from that you're risking getting judged by too many others receiving hate comments them uh, hampering your mental health etc etc right you're taking many risks there but again the payoff is tomorrow you can make one song in half an hour and maybe a million people see it this was not possible pre the internet era right which is why i say you know now in a capitalistic market risk is leverage and if you aren't risking more and more things you're missing out on that leverage and you're just going to get left behind in your in your regular uh, routine non non leverage sort of skills and you, you your skills are just going to die out or probably just going to get automated yeah yeah i think that's that's a really good point that you need to leverage your um, uh, skills um to sort of adapt your skills right as yeah. the world keep adapting to our surroundings yeah. to our new skill set to new people everything yeah i think that's what i've noticed at yeah, like even at my workplace you know cuz uh, the way cuz i deal with people from all over the world yeah uh, i have i've spoken to people from switzerland from russia uh, from india pune uh, singapore uh, and the us as well and mm. i sort of see a, a complete um, change in attitude of people of how they deal with things so if i for example i'm working on something let's say python programming language right um and the other person does not know it someone in uh, pune who is like 40 or 50 years old you know uh, who's sort of like at an age where he kind of feels that like you know uh, what's the point now uh, they are not really keen to learn and sort of expand more skills uh but what they don't realize i think is that um 
the age for learning never really stops right you have to continuously yeah. learn and sort of broaden your skill set so that because the more skills you have uh the more risks you can really take in your uh, in your lifetime uh so if i didn't if i was a really bad uh like if i right now if i quit my job i know that okay um i can you know take my guitar go to some underground station and start playing it and i will have something or the other out of it right so i think just having i think you were really right, rightly mentioned i think people should constantly learn and try and expand their skill set because that's what at the end of the day they're going to leverage to sort of reduce the their exposure to the kind of risks that they want to take uh, no right life. completely right yeah matlab that's why i always feel ki why generalization is way more important than specialization in any form or factor the people mm-hmm. should learn more and more things and instead of specializing into one i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying yeah. generalization is so much better because you're able to yeah. leverage learnings from different things into other things and yeah. that's why yeah. the risk of learning new things always overpowers the ultimate ultimatum you're getting you're able to learn new mm-hmm. things plus use those learnings to maybe implement them in other ways right so yeah always isliye that's why i always feel ki generalization is that's why always important in specialization Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, makes sense. It's, it's I mean, there's a term for I, it, right? You call it jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jack of all uh, trades. No, but here's the I'd, thing. I'd rather be a jack. Yeah. Yeah, no, but here's here's the thing, right? I think like barring maybe just the medical profession, right? Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I really think like specialization is like for insects, not for humans, essentially, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we as as humans, right? We are evolved. and the our, our biological system prompts us to sort of you know generalize learn new things be good at other things right be good with our hands for example earlier we were craftsmen right we were building tools to let's say hunt a tiger or an elephant whatever right uh so that's why we are naturally inclined towards generalization and the the, the reason it really went wrong is the introduction of and the structuring of the entire school system right it nice. really changed around the 1940s and 50s during the industrial revolution before mm-hmm. it actually schools were places of genuine education because they were genuinely just you know interested and aligned towards giving you a ma- wide range of skill sets rather than making you go into specific disciplines what happened mm-hmm. around industrialization is there were lots of factories lots of machines lots of different roles and now you need people to do that one job really really well so what yeah. happens then is you develop your school and the education system in a sense that it fits people into those specific roles and trains them for 10 12 14 16 years of education to fit into that one particular niche right and it was great it worked up till the industrial revolution that is why we have had so much progress like more progress in the last 100 years than the 10000 years before that right it worked but now we have to realize that we have to again go back to our roots of being more generalized because now automation is anyway taking up all of the industrial industrialized jobs machines right. robots we yeah. are at that place right what is really valued now right who are the largest stars that you see right it's it's whether it's pop stars whether it's content creators in that sense or whether it's elon musk who's just pushing avenues and you know it's it's a lot more creative 
in that sense rather than being mechanically proficient right mm-hmm. elon musk is a great engineer but he is not necessarily the best engineer but what mm-hmm. he is he is a creative genius in the sense he can apply first principles of engineering to you know whether it's spacex or tesla he's he's a creative genius he's an artist more than an engineer in that sense right so do you and think that, do you think yeah. you can only afford generalization uh upon achieving specialization cuz not let's really say, let's say let's say, let's say if justin bieber didn't really uh, accomplish in the pop star space right um like now if justin bieber tries to go into let's say r&b for example people would mm. still want to listen to it because he specialized in the pop i mean to be fair actually yeah now understand your point you kind of make sense he hasn't really specialized no, no, even even pop. on justin bieber he's not I the best pop singer he's a great no, no, pop yeah, singer yeah. he's not a best pop singer yeah a couple of things that number one the the average generalist right is he better than average specialist also mm. the best generalists are better at a specific thing than an average specialist mm-hmm. right just just hear this carefully the best generalists are actually more specialized and more better than the average specialist in that particular domain and here's the reason for that right justin bieber is actually a perfect example to prove my point because you look at justin bieber how he developed his talent in music again that's debatable you may like it you may not like it but he is a talented musician but how he developed that is he did not just play one instrument you can see videos of 10 year 9 year old bieber playing the piano then the guitar then the violin etc he's generalized at different instruments so he could pick that okay you know finally vocals is the thing i'm going to go to which is why generalization again ties back to what we discussed about experimentation he experimented again you know the most famous example of right. generalization is roger federer right that guy yeah. tried football basketball <laughs> tennis a bunch of different yeah. things and did not really pick tennis until the time he was 18 right Correct. by that time Correct. most of the pro tennis players they start with tennis at 4 and they've already played multiple tournaments multiple leagues one multiple leagues uh, by mm-hmm. the time they get to 18 or uh, yeah. federer on the other and he was just trying out different sports but today he's a legend yeah. and he says it himself all of the other sports that i played they just you know come together like a musical medley in that sense mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. that's 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 what that ha- uh, you know uh, brings out my art which is tennis in that case mm-hmm. right so there are, there are neural connections our brain makes in different activities that ultimately mm-hmm. come out for example you know the best scientists someone researched were also good musicians in a particular study right they they looked at all of the patent data uh, and mm-hmm. the innovation data and they found two trends number one all of the highest performing scientists with the most number of patents they had some hobby which was they were engaged in outside of work whether it's music mm-hmm. whether it's gardening or anything mm-hmm. secondly mm-hmm. the most innovative patents actually came in from scientists who had delved and specialized in multiple different things so at that Correct. point they have already become a generalist of these multiple different domains and they were able to use this cross uh, domain knowledge to sort of bring in mm-hmm. innovation in a specific field mm okay yeah no i i agree i agree with that completely do you have anything to say akshay no 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 i was actually carrying forward his point only which he proved perfectly two points yeah. there one the, the all the things which they once mentioned about justin bieber or roger federer also literally yeah. adding on to that 
exactly proving all of our points ki why generalization is more important even if you excel at something even if you known for something you should mm-hmm. be doing a lot of things apart from that because ultimately you will be able to accumulate a lot of the learnings out there and right. secondly why have you watched so many justin bieber videos <laughs> why <laughs> i flipped when he mentioned ki justin bieber videos when you stand 14 12 i flipped why is he watch so many justin bieber videos i'm comfortable <laughs> right now to be very honest that's my 2am get the pleasure guys full disclosure no seriously no. जेनुअनलीप useful to him or her yeah guys yeah. i mean i think we we just ended up uh, going on a broad range of things but if you look at it, it was all connected to the idea of taking more risks and experimentation yeah. and you know fear of failure because again the cost yeah. of risk is just failure right failure. so i mean Correct. genuinely just just uh, you know don't take our word for it right consider us yeah. nobody but just just yeah. look at the stories of people who inspire you right whoever that may be whether for you that's an entrepreneur or a sports person or a musician or a, a politician or a celebrity just just look at their stories right and yeah. you you will find moments of massive risk and massive conviction that they just had to push through because that's what gets the non linearity in life right these guys didn't go like a stable life or even just a small upward trajectory which is how most lives go the reason they are celebrities or the reason we look up to them is they had a non linear exponential life and those moments of exponent come in only from risk risk is the only yeah. thing that can lead to non linearity in your life so i mean which is why just just look at these stories right don't take our word for it uh, necessarily yeah. and i think uh, yeah and i think it's not necessary like always remember that of course you are taking risk but there's no guarantee that the other side is always going to be green okay so you can yeah. uh, i think you can fail but what you should remember is it's okay to fail it's fine to fail uh, you don't have anyone to prove to just keep reminding yourself of that don't go into a self doubt uh, stay self assured and you'll be able to still leverage your skills and you know your resources and skills that you have together into taking more risks that would eventually at some point lead you to a greener side where the 60 year old you would thank you for it and put a smile on his or her face um yeah and i mean I, guys like you're going to you're going to die one day i mean just just be very cognizant yeah, exactly. of the fact that you are really going to die, <laughs> die one day, day. whether uh-huh. it's 60 yeah. whether it's yeah. 80 you are going to die that is the only irrefutable truth right yeah. you are going to die so why are I you think, i think devansh uh, yeah i mean you you're just giving room, too much attention to yourself essentially if Dimansh, you're, you're you, you know should. afraid of failure right i mean Dimansh, either you're giving too much attention to yourself you think too much of yourself or you think too much of other people neither of which is a good place to be the moment you realize yeah. that ultimately this is all a game and you are going to die right that is that is what can truly free you up that okay you know even if you lose the games again there's going to be some games you will win right but the reward and the payoff the in those games is actually a lot larger 
than the risk, especially in our modern world, right? It was a 10,000 BC and we take a risk and I go out hunting in the woods alone. Apart from my tribe, I'll fucking die, which is why we are engineered to not take risks. But right now, that's not really the case, guys. So, I mean, I think that can be like a final sort of parting thought to, you know, ponder yeah. upon let's, for you guys. Let's try to end this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to end it just like we started. Everybody's going to say three, two, one, end. Three, two, two, one, off.